his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Welcome to Sunday Take for July 9th, 2023. I'm your host, Blois Olson. Well, let's be honest, it was a week that we all kind of needed. A little relaxed, a celebration of our country's independence, and not a ton of political news. Now, last week the Supreme Court made its news, and next week there's likely to be more news out of Minnesota. But For this week, it was fairly quiet. But there are a couple big things that are talkers. One is the laws that the legislature enacted and the governor signed, and the rapid list of legal challenges to some of those laws. We'll talk to Representative Harry Niska about that. And fire. We keep talking about fire. It's all over. It's about the air. But Look, we've had forest fires forever. What's the difference now versus then? We'll talk to Lee Freilich from the University of Minnesota. And now, the Sustainable Minute by Minnesota Corn. Look, it is knee-high by the 4th of July in most of Minnesota, but it is not knee-high everywhere. Because ultimately, the climate is deciding Now, the climate is something that farmers are very conscious of, and it's why they are managing their land to help the climate. Whether it's cover crops or soil health or rotating crops, making sure the land is sustainable is one of the things that Minnesota corn growers are doing daily. They are thinking about it. They're thinking about it for themselves. They're thinking about it for future generations. They're thinking about it for their community And they're doing something about keeping Minnesota's land farmable in a sustainable manner. Same reason they invested in renewable, cleaner fuels. Same reason they invest in polymer research at the University of Minnesota. That's because farmers know and care about the earth, about their community, and about the air we breathe. That's the Minnesota Corn Growers Sustainable Minute for this week. When we come back, Representative Harry Niska on the legal challenges to new laws just enacted. I'm Blaise Olson. This is Sunday Take on News Talk 830 WCCO. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. <laughs> 
But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. My first guest this week on Sunday Take is Representative Harry Niska. Uh, he's a first-term legislator. Uh, he's a lawyer. Uh, we've known each other for a number of years, and he thinks a lot about the law, and he follows politics closely, and he, he's a good guest as we talk about the new laws that have gone into effect, the way in which business and industry are looking at them, and is Minnesota moving in this place where litigation or, or legal challenges are part of the political process? Representative Niska, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, boys. I've thought about this for a while. And frankly, going back to COVID, there's so many legal challenges during COVID, many of them unsuccessful, but they start a discussion or they create a different discussion, whether it was about executive orders or mandates or things like that. Um, you have, you know, previously, you know, put serious time into thinking about being the attorney general of the state of Minnesota. You're now a lawmaker. Just set the stage about how you see our current state of the law and politics as they kind of get coupled together through legislative action or kind of activist groups on both the left and the right. Well, uh, there, there's two aspects of that, I think. One is, uh, you know, gen- more generally speaking, and there's obviously push and pull between the different branches of government and uh, between uh, people in, who, who want to take action for political, uh, for their political reasons, whether or not those uh, things in the short term um, are found to be lawful by the courts. And the second aspect of, the, of it really relates to um, what we what happened in the last legislative session where uh, we had a, a trifecta uh, that really tried to radically reshape the state's policy landscape as quickly as possible in many, many ways. And, you know, it was a, a, a common point of, uh, of frustration from me and my Republican colleagues when we uh, raised concerns about different particular aspects of that uh, lawmaking. A lot of it um, I think that happened at a at a pretty reckless pace and in a way that I think we're going to um, have trouble figuring out all of the consequences of it later. But there were a, a few legal consequences that I think were um, expected and, and anticipated and, and things that I 
Um, you know, I and, and other Republican colleagues raised uh, over and over again, and we're starting to see some of the consequences of that in some legal challenges uh, that are coming um, now as this new legislation goes into effect. Let's talk about a couple of them that have come up. Um, you know, uh, the Minnesota Chamber of Commerce has filed lawsuit related to some of the um, business regulations. Pharmaceutical industry has filed a lawsuit related to some drug pricing, drug price cap issues. As you look at this, and and I don't want to assume you do, but I know you well enough to know that you've looked at a few of these. Are there issues you think have a stronger chance for a legal challenge from the last legislative session? Yeah, I, I not only looked at them, but I raised a lot of these issues as these bills were under consideration. Um, so the, the drug price um, control uh, bill, I, I, you know, on the House floor, I, I pointed out and in committee, it came before a couple of committees I was in that really the transactions that we're trying to regulate as the state of Minnesota are transactions that are happening in other states. The, we, in order to regulate the price of pharmaceutical drugs in Minnesota, we can't go to CV, you know, the end uh, CVS or the Walgreens on the corner that you go and buy the, the, the prescription drugs from. We have to, as a state of Minnesota, try to regulate the uh, transaction that happens between the manufacturer itself and the, uh, you know, and the wholesaler up at a at a stream of the transaction that happens almost always outside of the state of Minnesota. And that's um, really something that that does raise some fundamental constitutional questions about our authority as a Minnesota state government about what we can do to regulate a transaction happening in Pennsylvania or New Hampshire or in some other state to where the state of Minnesota is saying that transaction has to happen at a specific price. And so that is uh, that's a pretty serious legal issue, a pretty serious legal challenge. I don't handicap the state of Minnesota's chances of winning that challenge as being very good, frankly. Um, and the problem, um, you know, on all of these issues where we are being challenged uh, for violating some provision of the federal constitution, for violating someone's constitutional rights, is that, for example, the pharmaceutical companies, uh, if they win that lawsuit, will have the right to um, have the state of Minnesota pay for their legal fees under federal law. And, you know, at the end of the day, if that's the end result of passing something that feels good, that seems to, um, you know, uh, that, that's trying to stick it to the pharmaceutical companies or trying to solve this problem of excessive pharmaceutical uh, prices, if the end result of that is the state of Minnesota gives money to the pharmaceutical companies to pay for their legal bills, I think that's a bad result. And I think most Minnesotans would think that's a bad result. But um, if you're only looking at it from the short term political incentives of someone trying to pass the bill, um, it's worth it. So that's the that's the view that I want uh, people to, to really continue to look at with these things is uh, what, whatever you feel about the policy of it, if it's going to get struck down or likely to get struck down, uh, I don't think it's a good long term thing. And that that's something that I, I, I tried to raise when these uh, things were going through the process. Um, you know, that's just one example, but there are other uh, there are other examples, including lawsuits that have already been filed. Um, so I, I think that we, uh, you know, made a mistake on some of these bills that we passed for that reason. When you think about as part of the legislative process, not just on the House floor, not just in the debate, there's, you know, there's counsel that uh, is largely nonpartisan that advises the legislature as they're drafting bills. 
what's your opinion your impression of how much they are asked or how much they weigh in on whether or not it's legal or are they totally neutral saying you can draft it and then kind of wait and see they tend to do more of uh helping us draft it and maybe identifying that there will be legal uh challenges than necessarily handicapping what those legal challenges um what the results of those legal challenges are likely to be. Um, I think that uh, at least the dynamic in the last legislative session was that the uh, majority uh, and the governor uh, tended to rely on the attorney general who tended to tell them that most of the things that I think are unlikely to survive legal challenge were going to be just fine. And um, I think that uh, I guess we will see who is right um, in in the long term. But I, I think that there are uh, like I said, pretty significant um, legal problems with a number of the provisions that we um, that we passed, and some of them I think will be struck down in federal court. Representative Harry Niska is my guest. He's a state re- representative. He's a Republican. He's an attorney, and he follows law, the Constitution, law, the role of state government in law very closely, and has for a number of years. Uh, Representative Niska, I I can't help but look across the river to Wisconsin, where for several years, they have actually had the courts decide many issues of law or legislation based on divided government. So they've had divided government. They've allowed the courts to kind of weigh in. They also have a much more politicized court system, especially their state Supreme Court. Does Is this a trend that, you know, we've avoided highly partisan judicial races in Minnesota. And I didn't think we would this long. Uh, is Are these kinds of laws, these kinds of battle, the potential for a catalyst that creates more partisan judicial races? Because we, we thought maybe, you know, public safety would do it last time, but it really didn't. I think that's possible, although I, I still haven't seen um, really a meaningful uh at least so far, a meaningful um, catalyst or, or uh, you know, so, something that's going to that's going to really reach us to a tipping point in terms of um, making Minnesota judicial elections uh, that way. I suppose we will see. Uh, uh, you know, I think a, a number of the federal challenges or a number of the legal challenges to Minnesota court uh, Minnesota laws are um, coming in federal court. I think that's. Uh, probably strategic somewhat by the by the uh, folks bringing them um, in terms of whether they think they could get a real fair shake in the Minnesota court system. Um, but uh, a lot of the legal problems are really federal constitutional problems and really belong in uh, federal court. You know, we talked about the 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 issue about the interstate commerce yep. power uh, as it relates to prescription drug prices. There are you know, First Amendment um, problems, you know, and some of the other bills that have already been challenged. Uh, there's a provision that really discriminates against some religious schools in the post-secondary enrollment option um, a program that I think uh, th- that's a very significant uh, federal constitutional challenge. And then you reference the Minnesota Chamber of Commerce um, challenge on First Amendment free speech grounds as it relates to trying to regulate uh, very broadly uh, corporate political speech in ways that the U.S. Supreme Court has said, I think, um, 
is unconstitutional. When we look ahead, um, not that you have a crystal ball or not that it's, you know, the courts are going to take some time to decide here. Um, but what are what are the other warning signs you see that maybe haven't been talked about that maybe people are considering legal challenges to? And what is that? Does it does it does it cool the appetite for new laws? Does it embolden one side or the other? You know, from a political standpoint, what does it do looking ahead? Um, and does the public even pay attention? Well, I'll start with the last part. I'm not sure how much the, the broader public pays attention. I certainly have heard from people, but they're, they tend to be people who are uh, pretty plugged into the process um, that, that pay attention to, to these things. Um, you know, broader, uh, the, 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 the average voters I talk to, um, they're not really paying too much attention right. to, the, uh, to the legal challenges. Um, you know, we 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 made so many uh, legal changes. Uh, I do think there are at least a few more uh, lawsuits around the table as it relates to speech regulation or as it relates to, um, you know, uh, different ways in which the the state of Minnesota has been been reshaped. Um, but I think that uh, the you know the 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 political benefits of passing a lot of this stuff in the short term, I think uh, for a lot of folks in, in my position, politicians who are looking at the next election more than they're looking at the at the long term, um, they're going to continue to do that. I think uh, for the same reasons that, you know, President Biden tried to uh, do a, a, a student loan forgiveness yes. plan before the election that ends up getting struck down. He gets the benefits of being able to say he was trying to do something, even though he had, you know, uh, uh, folks, uh, you know, he and, and other allies, Nancy Pelosi, for example, had said that was illegal beforehand. If they try, uh, you know, the, the political incentives for politicians can be to, to just, uh, you know, point at the courts and blame the courts for when they're, um, they're, what they claim to be policy wins don't turn out to work because they get struck down on, on legal grounds. So I expect that's going to continue to happen as long as we continue to um, have our, you know, imperfect uh, democratic system. I think Winston Churchill said our system, you know, system of democracy is uh, the worst system other than every other system. So um, yeah, we, We'll have we'll continue to have uh, until the voters uh, demand better from our politicians. We're going to continue to have elected uh, officials who who put their short term uh, political goals uh, first. And, I, you know, I think that's short sighted on a lot of these cases. Uh, just my last question as we close is thinking two, three steps ahead, say Republicans have a trifecta in three, four cycles. They start to repeal things. Does it then flip in that DFL and their legal interests get to sue based on repeals or is that harder? Well, it depends on the issue. Certainly, um, you know, it's not like uh, public interest or uh, litigation or or um, policy uh, policy driven litigation is the exclusive province of one side of the aisle or the other. Uh, certainly, um, you know, you see in other states where uh, Republicans are in control that that there are. Uh, groups on the other side that are run into federal court with lawsuits, and some of them have uh, more merit than others. So uh, certainly, um, you know, if I if I'm in a 
position where uh, I'm uh, still, uh, you know, influencing lawmaking, I will be uh, trying to make sure that we're doing things where we are looking, you know, a couple steps uh, around the corner and and trying to anticipate and and uh, you know tailor things in a way that that um, uh, survive legal challenges and keep keep Minnesota on the right side of these kind of federal lawsuits instead of um, you know doing things that are uh, likely to get struck down. Representative Harry Niska, thanks for joining me on Sunday Tech. Thanks. When we come back, we're going to talk about fires. Why are there so many and what should we think about in the future of Minnesota? I'm Blaise Olson. You're listening to Sunday Take on News Talk 830 WCCO. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Final guest this week on Sunday Take is Lee Freilich. He's a professor at the University of Minnesota. He's a researcher, and he's the director of the Center for Forest Ecology. He joins me on Sunday Take. Uh, Mr. Freilich, thanks for joining me. Uh, Just, you know, there's been so much talk about fire this summer, and the Star Tribune did a piece on it this weekend. Um. It's the kind of thing that is the conversation piece when you're with friends and family. There's a lot of curiosity about it. Is it more fire than usual, or are we talking about it or seeing the impacts more? Well, first of all, thanks for inviting me to be on the show. Um, Looking at the fires that have happened in North America this spring, it's way way off the charts compared to anything we've ever seen before. I mean, not necessarily in Minnesota yet, but with over 20 million acres burned in Canada, they've already set a record for the total area burned in any fire season. And they don't even usually get to the big fires until late July, August, and September. So um, the northern forests all around the planet and even the tundra are starting to burn at a record rate. Um, And sooner or later, I think that will also happen in Minnesota. Um, We've just been lucky so far that we haven't had any gigantic fires. 
And is it a, a just to dig down a little deeper? Is it uh, a drought or a dryness combined with warmer temperatures? Is it storms? What's what's the catalyst for most of these types of fires? Well, I think it's the longer fire season. So getting warm weather earlier in spring so that the forest has longer to dry out. So if you do get a period without rain, you have these warm temperatures earlier in the season and also later in the season. Um, So we're having fires later in the fall as well. So I think it's just a longer season, more time for the forest to dry out, warmer temperatures, especially in spring and fall. Um, so that if you do get a drought, it's likely to have a severe fire be- because there's a lot of fuel, especially in northern coniferous forests, what we call the boreal forest, which just dips into northern Minnesota a little bit, but it runs from Alaska all across North America out to Newfoundland. It's one of the most flammable vegetation types on the planet. Um, The only other thing that's as flammable would be the chaparral in California. So these conifer forests are incredibly flammable. They're experiencing longer fire season, warmer temperatures, um, and the result is a lot more area being burned. Once upon a time, we talked about obviously preventing forest fires, but Early on this spring, we talked, you know, the discussion was letting these fires burn, not trying to manage them. What's the general philosophy on either letting them burn or managing them? Or are these fires uh, unmanageable? And did we did Canadians know that from the beginning? And how do we think of those things here in Minnesota? Yeah, most of these fires in the in northern coniferous forests are not manageable. Sometimes there's one that is like the one we've had in the Boundary Waters in the last few weeks, where it's the area where it starts just have, doesn't happen to be favorable for a, a huge conflagration. Um, but most of the time, these fires in the boreal forest are ignited, and they very quickly reach an intensity that's way beyond anything that firefighters could possibly put out and all they can do is get people out of the way. Um, you know, that was the, the case for the Ham Lake fire in northern Minnesota in 2007 for the Pagami Creek fire in, in 2011, for example. Um, the intensities are so high when you have flame lengths that are 100 or 200 feet high and it's a wall of flame from the ground up with yeah. the canopy of the forest. There's really nothing you can do to put it out. My, my guest is Lee Freilich. He's an adjunct professor at the University of Minnesota Department of Forest Resources, longtime expert on forests, forest fires. Uh, and obviously fires have been a, a discussion point and kind of jumping off a Star Tribune story. You know, locally, let's look at Minnesota. We remember Northern Minnesota fires. The BWCA has had some fire this summer. Are there management practices that either have changed or uh, best practices um, that maybe are different now? Because I'll just be honest, you hear theories, you hear stories, um, 
whether it's social media or other place that we're just not managing our fires as well. Or in California, for instance, they didn't, you know, they, they didn't manage their forests as well. And then therefore they had greater fires. Has the, has the best practices shift here in Minnesota? Or are there things that we should be concerned about going forward? Yeah, that, that's a complex question because in certain forest types, you can't and shouldn't manage the fire because certain forest types regenerate after high severity, very large fires. Okay. I would say jack pine and um, birch and aspen forests like we have in northern Minnesota are examples of that. However, red and white pine forests are a little bit of a different story. In those forests, fires tend not to be as intense. The forests tend to be uneven aged. They have more frequent lower intensity fires. Um, and that's where fire suppression really makes a difference. And this is also true out west in Ponderosa pine and certain other forest types out west where fire suppression for a long time actually does make a difference because the forest fills into a higher density. In northern Minnesota, you get balsam fir, which is our favorite Christmas tree in Minnesota, but it fills the understory and then you get a much more intense flame and it might actually kill some of these two and 300 year old pines um, that we know used to be managed um, by the indigenous people, you know, the the Native American tribes in northern Minnesota used to do understory burns in some of those forests and prevent that wall of balsam fir, that high density balsam fir from being there. And so when fires would approach that area, they would drop down from crown fires to to the surface um, and burn the understory. So they were actually able to protect certain areas by managing the fuel structure. So we could return to those practices that could be done in the wildland urban interface where we have people's houses and resorts mixed in with with forest, which is very flammable, uh, but it can't be done everywhere. Some forest types just aren't conducive to that type of management. Historically, we've always heard of some of these fires, the Chicago fire, the Hinkley fire, uh, what do we know about those historic fires compared to these times now? And are there any similarities that, you know, thinking about the Hinkley fire, which uh, burned for quite a while, had massive destruction um, and, you know, kind of had to burn itself out in many ways. Are there things that we should look back in history for to protect ourselves? Um, yes, well, some of these historic fires that occurred during European settlement yep. of the landscape were, were kind of unique because there was a lot of slash on the landscape because land clearing was in, in progress. And so people would cut down trees and leave the branches behind and take the trunks to use as lumber. So you get this slash across the landscape. Um, and the towns were, you know, built of wood and they often used in, in, this, in the case of the Peshtigo fire, which was in northeastern Wisconsin on the same day as the Chicago fire, they had used um, sawdust um, on the streets 
and the town was built out of wood and all the buildings are close together, just like in Chicago. And then they had all this slash um, from forest clearing around the town. And so you basically had to expect a disaster under those conditions. Um, people just weren't thinking about the, the possibility of a big fire and didn't really learn a lesson that you need to manage fuels differently in the vicinity of a settled area, um, like I mentioned a few minutes ago. So, yeah, we, we can learn from that, from those um, historic fires, but we still have huge areas of coniferous forest um, in northern Minnesota and all across the northern part of North America, and they're experiencing warmer temperatures and more severe droughts that develop more rapidly, what we call flash droughts. Yep. Where it went from this record amount of snow and everything was sopping wet across the landscape. Yeah. The snow melted and then all of a sudden you get a bunch of days where it's 20 degrees warmer than average at the time of the year when the sun is out the longest and you get into a flash drought and into fires. Um, so um, we're not going to be able to manage all of those those fires. Sometimes we're just going to have to get out of the way, but we could do more to to kind of reduce the intensity of fires in areas that are settled and where there are buildings. Um, that's the thing that we can manage. We need to learn from the Native Americans about how to do that because they did it for thousands of years. Uh as we wrap here uh, with Lee Freilich, looking ahead, what one or two things that are you watching for or researchers watching for in Minnesota or in the Midwest uh, to ensure or to caution people uh, just our risk and, and where we're at in the near term here? Is it temperatures? Is it these flash droughts? What's the single kind of most common thing that we should keep our eye on or talk about? Yeah, I think it's how dry the fuels in the forest are. And this is something that's monitored by the Forest Service on a daily basis. And it results in these signs that they put out by their smoky bear um, thing in front of yeah. the ranger station where it says fire danger is low, medium, or high today. Yep. So we know how to do that, and it's monitored on a regular basis. And when the, the fuel is, is very dry... Um, we just need to to be very careful with fires, try not to do any ignitions, but we also have to recognize that accidental ignitions and natural ignitions from lightning are going to occur. Big fires are going to start and, and they can burn out of control even if you attack them um, within a few minutes of ignition under certain conditions. So we have to be aware of those conditions and be prepared for having more big fires in the future. Lee Freilich, thanks for joining me on Sunday Take. You're welcome. When we come back, this week's take, it was a holiday week. A little light on news, but there's plenty that we got to talk about and to look forward to next week. I'm Blaise Olson. You're listening to the News Talk 830 WCCO. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. 
Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO. You know, look, I took most of the week off we didn't have any newsletters. I didn't do the morning show. I checked out of most of social media, although I did join threads, that new meta Mark Zuckerberg Twitter challenger. Uh, so I wasn't totally tuned out, but I took a different pace. And after three years of not having a summer, it felt good. And the weather was great sleeping weather, especially for the first week of July. And it it did make me reflect about the pontifications, the over-analysis, the speculations, the over-speculation that we all get caught up in sometimes. That it's those of us in the bubble that do it. And when I remove myself from the bubble for a few days, it feels so good. That's because all of Minnesota doesn't sit in this political bubble, and it's something our leaders need to be mindful of. We all have our bubbles, whether you're in agriculture or an urban area or a suburban area or a first-string suburb. We all kind of have our own piece of Minnesota. But it's the 4th of July that allows people to travel see other parts of Minnesota, get a feel for other parts of Minnesota. And I worked on the Taste of Minnesota as a client over the 4th of July. And the Taste of Minnesota isn't just about food. It's a flavor of life, whether it's art, whether it's music, 
whether it's Duluth, whether it's Rochester, whether it's Mankato or Thief River Falls, as I get ready for Farm Fest in a month, I think about that taste of Minnesota. You know, we are a diverse state and we always have been. The spirit of our state is not the same everywhere. But the spirit of our independence as individuals, as communities, as people of color, as Caucasian folks, our spirit of independence to be who we are in this state is something that felt good to think about, watch, and reflect over this last week. Because whether you have tattoos or you don't have tattoos, whether your hair is black, brown, purple, green, or blonde, You get to be yourself. And when I'm not doing this stuff, being myself includes family and relaxation and chilling out. And a good reminder in this off election year for most offices, other than city elections, that the independence and the freedom to not follow every turn and twist to Minnesota politics for a week is something that makes me hopefully sharper in the weeks to come. And I hope you take the time it takes for you to refresh, recharge. We'll be back with all the newsletters this week. I'll be back with Vanita at 620 Monday through Thursday. And next Sunday, Sunday Take will be back with the latest, greatest analysis on all things Minnesota politics and policy and law. I'm Blaise Olson. Until next week, that's the Sunday Take. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.